0: My name is charlotte and i'm going to be your host for the next hour or so i'm also the owner of the california Haunts paranormal investigation team based out of sacramento california but we're 45 strong what that means is that we're located up and down the state of california so if you have any paranormal needs shoot me an email shoot me a, a, a personal message over at CaliforniaHaunts.com or CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com, maybe even facebook and I'll get back to you and uh, we can set up an appointment to meet. Okay? Because we have people all over the state they can get to you. Right? Almost you know, almost every county in the state of California. And if not, they're willing to drive. All right? So that's what we provide. Is, uh, services free of charge to come out and investigate your home for a paranormal activity. We may not find it. It may be something that, you know, something normal. That's, excuse me. Normal, that's causing the issue. That's what we go out for. Okay, we go out to see if we can figure out what's going on in your house, your home, your business, whatever. So, look us up if you're having issues. If you're watching from uh, YouTube today, please uh, subscribe. And the way to do that is to click on the little ghost down in the left hand corner with the magnifying glass and the Sherlock Holmes hat, and that'll make you a subscriber. We have, I think, close to 250 videos over there. Different topics, not just paranormal, but different topics, like our guest last night, for instance. And just bear in mind, on June 23rd, we're going to have a celebration. It'll be our 200th show for this format. 200 shows. I can't believe I got that far with this. But I did. But anyway, be sure to be here because we're going to have some giveaways. T-shirts, books, things like that, to give away. Hello, Jen. Jen. Jen's in the chat room. Jen's in the house. But anyway, tonight's guest it's coming in on a topic that i had heard stories about this in fact you know occasionally you hear stories about this you know people that get the that that, that get donor organs and suddenly they kind of feel weird after getting the donor organ like 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 you know you, you can feel somebody else's emotions and stuff or you're feeling you're seeing you know weird things that that seem to be coming from somewhere else once in a while you know tv will hit on this Grey's Anatomy right you know they hit on everything I've seen right yeah I've even seen on Grey's anatomy but my guest tonight um is a paranormal investigator and she has heard reports of this stuff so we're gonna be talking about that and we'll also going to be talking about what she, what she does with her you know with her investigating so it's gonna be a fun night so without further ado and you know you guys know how I am about names I want to let her come in and and pronounce her her first and last name. And then we can go from there, okay? All right. And let's hope she doesn't sound like she's on helium like last night. That—that that, I don't know what the heck that was last night. Let's see.
1: Hey, Charlotte.
0: <laughs> the guy came on last night, and I—and and it was like the gremlins were in the computers <laughs> because it computer sounded like not only on helium, but it was fast forward. Oh my God, that's crazy. crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to tell him like, send me an email, I need your phone number. This isn't gonna happen. You know, so he finally ended up getting on the phone. He was on camera and he was on the phone the whole time. I don't know what that was. I never had that happen before. Maybe the ghost just didn't want him on the air.
1: <laughs> well, you never know. It's it's live shows too are like that, right? Like as soon as it's... as soon as something's live, there's gonna be like something happen. So it's Yeah, but audio issues are the worst when it comes to that kind of thing.
0: Oh yeah, I never had that happen before. Now tonight I'm expecting some issues. I'm gonna warn everybody ahead of time. It's a heavy news night, you know, with that with with the Johnny Depp thing, and everybody in my neighborhood has Xfinity. So when that happens, they all get on the news the same time we're doing the show, and then I then I'm watching these little warnings come up that 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 the internet's shaky and all this. You know, and it's just like, never ceases to amaze me. I love doing live I love doing live shows though because you never know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, live are always the best. They're some of my favorites as well.
0: <laughs> so tell your first and last name and tell me about you.
1: Sure. Yeah. So for the amazing audience, so my name is Morgan Knutson, and I have been a paranormal researcher for about 20 years, uh, researching parapsychology, and uh, my great-great-grandfather uh, was president of one of the first parapsychological associations in Canada, uh, Albert Durant Watson. So um, it's really come down to the family for me. And uh, my program, uh, Teaching the Living, was uh, recently the, uh, well, it was a book that came out at the beginning of the year. <laughs> you guys can get that on Amazon. Um, and uh, it's uh, been taught in social work, psychology programs, uh, and things like that throughout Canada. But mainly the goal of of Teaching the Living was to empower people it was to get people to understand that within parapsychology parapsychology research the the keys to empowerment are there when it comes to hauntings and and psy activity and things like that so uh, for me it really was about putting the power back with the people and realizing that the activity that we get and what's going on in our outside experience is truly a, a a mirror of what we have going on emotionally and energetically. So, um, the whole goal is to get people to understand that, to take a look at themselves, and and bring this back into a place where it's not something external that's that's victimizing them, but it's actually something that that we can we can deal with and control based on our emotions and our perspectives.
0: Very interesting. I never thought about it that way. I've been doing this as, almost as long as you have, and yeah, I, I never looked at it that way.
1: Well, the 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 psychology and the research is there to back it up, and you know when you you start digging into uh, parapsychologists like Dr. William Roll, Dr. Scott Rogo, um, and it's a myriad of different researchers, Anthony Peak, um, a lot of people along the way that have have published papers on this, and and when you you start to dig into it and you start to realize that so much of this stuff, when you understand psychokinesis, and you can understand now what is becoming uh, sort of a a blend of both parapsychology and quantum physics we can start to see where some of this stuff is actually coming from and what we have thought over the years is something that's external we're now beginning to realize that no 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 it's not external at all That this is this is oftentimes is projected and with the 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 new revelations that have come about in parapsychology where we're beginning to realize that enough focus can actually manifest consciousness outside of the body then a lot of this stuff that it that we thought at one time was just you know completely weird and unexplainable is now actually becoming something that is is explainable and tangible and uh you know we've got more to do with it than what we what we have originally thought
0: that goes along the line of guys.
1: yeah yeah it's sort of that that idea that that you know we we have this ability to manipulate our environment with with our minds but and i think it takes it a little bit further than that because oftentimes, you know, we think about it like, you know, okay, well, if we pick up a spoon, we can bend a spoon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's a very rudimentary way of of, of seeing it now, where, where now we're beginning to understand things like, you know, if if you focus enough, you know, that thought can become the thinker. And when we when you start to look at it that way, and you realize, like, you know, what we're putting out there, and what we're projecting mm-hmm. is taking on an air of its own, then we can really start to have a hard look at ourselves we can't not look at ourselves we, we have to realize like oh my i got a role in this you
0: know you know what's scary is when you get older my dad passed away in 2011 but then you start to realize how right your your parents were because my dad used to have a saying that said if you wish hard enough and you hope hard enough that dream will come true
1: that's right
0: and this is what this is what you're talking about too the constantinos were working on a on, on project with evps that way where they were able to manifest and create their, the ghosts themselves on the EVP.
1: That's right. And and it's, it's been done before. Um, there's been a, a number of experiments that have been set out that way, including a very famous one from Toronto called the Philip experiment. And during the Philip experiment, they were able to manifest a consciousness out of something out of thin, literally thin air. They just, they made up a character by the name of Philip. And they, they focused on this, this idea of Philip who had a backstory and he had all, you know, all this, like he had a, had a life um, but he was completely fictional and they were able to manifest him to the point where he was responding to questions. He was moving objects, he was responding to, to questions directly, um, directly to the speaker who was asking the question. Uh, and this went on for, for quite a long time. And it was replicable in a, in a second experiment uh, with a character by the, they called Lilith, completely different group of people. Um, the experiment was put on by the Toronto Society of Psychical Research and MENSA and uh it was it was very successful and repeatable it probably to me it's one of the most prolific experiments in parapsychology that's ever been done mm-hmm. um the researcher anthony peak he's actually looking at, at doing it and re- doing it again um with new parameters in the uk and uh it's it's so yeah it's, it's stuff we can't ignore
0: well you know there's a restaurant up here in the foothill in, in, in the foothills that for for us it's famous because it's been around for a long time as being haunted and I remember going up there, and they said, well, the ghost, you, you can tell that she's there because you can smell violet and all this. I sure as heck smelled it when I was up there. Got my EVPs and all that stuff. Turns out the people that own the restaurant made the story up. And Interesting. so they, they were able to manifest it. And then every ghost hunting team that came in behind them, you know, came in behind that, was there talking to this being. And, you know, the being got more colorful. And, and that's, what that, that's what's going on. It's stuck in the walls or wherever it's stuck in. But when you go up there, you're picking up something that's not even there.
1: Yeah. And I think, and it's, it's so interesting because I think where people get stuck with this subject is they think, well, you know, you're saying it's all in my head and that's not what we're saying at all. It is that this, this is a a projected phenomenon. Um, And it's, it's not that people are making it up. It's not that people are crazy and it's not denying that there, there very well could be consciousness after death. I'm like a big believer in that, that consciousness is fundamental, it's not emergent, that, you know, it is, that it, it, that is something that we can tap into. But there's this, there's this overarching phenomenon that we can't ignore. And, you know, in cases like what you were just mentioning, you've got a situation where you're, you know, you're fueling this idea over and over, you've got these people focusing on these ideas, and they're turning it into like this egregore. Mm-hmm. And it's, and that ends up becoming a, a a thinking, moving, feeling thing. And it ties into everything in our lives. And which I which I think people oftentimes miss. And it's is, you know, we don't think of it as something that's relatable to something outside the paranormal, but it really is. It's, you know, this is we are we are creating in our world and in our environment through our thoughts and our focus. And and that's that's huge.
0: Well I know we have a hundred and two question questionnaire when we go out and run a prelim and we're asking, you know, so many questions and and, and personal questions and see you know how, how how have you been feeling what medications are you on you know um have you been having these nightmares and all this have you, have you guys been getting along you know it's important to get that background because like you say that's what could be manifesting the activity.
1: Absolutely. And, th- and that's just exactly it. Is you know, there's all of these, these very human factors that it, that it comes back to. And it comes back to that almost every single time. Um, you know, when when you start to break down the dynamic of of the people and what's what's happening with the people, which is what my book, Teaching the Living, is about, and once you start to break that dynamic down, um, you be really begin to realize that it is so much mirroring the activity is so much mirroring the the emotion and the energy of what's going on with the people so at that point you know it's less about the activity that's going on and more about taking a look and going okay how can we get these people the resources they need and get them to a better place because otherwise it's like this this stuff around them is not going to change they're just going to keep manifesting the same thing
0: i wish every group was like your group and my group that's what i mean <laughs> but they're not you know i mean i've got psychologists yeah. on staff I've got four, I've got former police negotiators on the staff. So if I run into something like this, I'm able to send in the second, you have the psychologist talk with them and get them to help the help they need to, to deal with it.
1: And that's, that's perfect. And I, I was very much the same way. I'm still uh, really steeped in in research. I never really had a, a team per se, but I would, I'd have people on, on contract to call um, to bring in. in exactly the same way, because, you know, I, I definitely don't, propose and I know everything about this stuff and there's people that you know you have to surround yourself with you know like you were saying in order to to bring the the best resources to the the people that need it and it's it's not a one-stop shop and it's not an overnight thing either you know this is it's a process and the people themselves have to be ready for it and that for me I think is is some of the most challenging work is you know are these people ready for that change because the challenging thing with the with the paranormal and I think what what, especially hauntings. And I think this is what what really throws a lot of, of people. And this is why they tend to turn to the the idea that this is, you know, oh completely external and they're victims of it, is that, you know, when you get into this stuff, you really sometimes have to look at the dark places in yourself. And a lot of people would rather look at the dark, scary thing in the hallway than they'd rather look internally. and And that's usually where people are just going, you know, no, 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 I just want you to like, you know, wave a magic wand to make it better. Well, it's not going to work like that. Um, so it re- I think it, it really comes back to the people and their willingness to to move forward. I agree
0: with you 100%. Absolutely. You know, and that's like, I try to tell people, it's not like it is on TV. These groups you know, that are out there, want to be running around looking for ghosts, and it, you know, everything's haunted and all this, but it's not like that. I mean, we have a huge responsibility when we go out to a residential or a business for that matter, you know, anything involving human beings. Because if we don't cross it, you know, cross every T and dot every I, we're we're not providing a good of service.
1: Yeah, and and I, I yeah I agree, and I I think too, you know, you you mentioned just just that, you know, that that level of responsibility, and and I think it is so key, you know, as we're going forward, especially in today's world, because. We've got a lot of people right now that are feeling disempowered. We've got, you know, hundreds and thousands of people that are, you know, they're looking around feeling like the world's out of control, feeling that their lives are out of control for whatever reason. I mean, there's been so much going on in the last couple of years. And, you know, I, th- I think we really have uh, a responsibility as people who are are uh, almost ferrymen of the unknown um, to turn around and say, you provide the right information you know i'll, I'll never forget there was a uh, one of my my dear friends lizette coley who's the the president of the parasite parapsychology foundation in new york and uh she told me this story was during 9 11 and it, the it was it was chaos it was september 11th you know people were passing away you know there was this horrendous tragedy going on and it was so interesting because she said she was getting a flood of phone calls and the phone calls weren't to check on her. The phone calls were of people with misinformation about the paranormal. And they sort of sort of bought the, the they drunk the Kool-Aid of a lot of the TV shows where yeah. they're hearing things like, oh, people get stuck if they die a terrible death. And like they're, so they're drinking the Kool-Aid of, of a lot of of tropes that have been set up by television shows and and things like that. And they were calling because they were desperate. To understand what was ha- what happened to their loved ones that had just jumped out of the towers. And it's like you, I will never unhear that story. And she had to spend her time during nine eleven tr- explaining to the people that that was not based in science. This was not based in par- in paranormal research. And it, it's just like you know we have to we have to be so careful about that information because that audience is the, this is the audience that we're talking to. Um, you know, so we, we have to be, we have to take it seriously and we have to be responsible for that.
0: Well, I can't count, you know, how many investigations I've gone in where people have done their own investigation. Yeah. You already have the answers when you're out there and I'm going, well, I've been doing this for 20 years. You, um, you know, you, you, have just been doing this the last month or so, you know, and I run into that a lot. One of the questions, you know, a couple of the questions we asked too is, is, uh, do they watch those shows to find yeah. out, you know, who if they do who they're watching, and then the la- and then the other question is, how do you compare what's happening to you to a TV show?
1: Yeah, that's interesting because I, yeah, I think it's it's so it's tough right now because I think a lot of a, a lot of true parapsychology has been lost in in the, the 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 programming and and we've got this this sort of phase that we're going through, I think, in entertainment right now, where you know anything to do with the paranormal has got to be very horror driven. So a lot of people are are now associating parapsychology not only with the horror genre but they're also associating it with the reality television genre yes. which has been such a problem because um you know organizations that I work with like the parapsychological association and parapsychology foundation and Windbridge Institute all of these places that are these like the the best minds in the world and you know in regards to to science and consciousness and all of this and it gets overshadowed by these these ideas of of ghost hunting and then you talk to the the skeptics and the skeptics are looking at these tv shows going like this is the stupidest thing i've ever seen and then they equate it with parapsychology which is completely wrong and so it's just it compounds a lot of issues for these i think these people that are not only experiencing paranormal activity in their house like what you're saying um but they're also it's 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 putting a, a a damper on some of the actual research, which is phenomenal. I mean, this is the this is the the pinnacle of consciousness and understanding what that is, and yet you've got people that are you know still thinking this about running around in the dark chasing ghosts with flashlights, and it's like it it just it just doesn't compare.
0: Well, you've been around as long as I have, and, and you could probably agree with this. when we first started doing this. There weren't a lot of groups out there. Yeah. When the TV shows came on, it was Uncle Bob, just like we were getting Uncle Bob. But as it's progressed, because the TVs want the ratings, so the ghost got scarier and scarier and scarier. So almost every call we get is, "I have a demon in my house. I know it's a demon."
1: Yeah, and yeah, and and I think what's what's sad about about that aspect of it too is that statistically, uh, it's something like ninety five to ninety eight percent of people that report paranormal experiences are it's really positive. So the what people are getting shown is this tiny little infantile percentile of cases that are negative. The majority of people that report parapsychological uh, phenomenon, they were usually are experiencing hope and they're they're excited about it, it's changed their view on death. They feel like they're not alone, like it gives them all of these amazing positive connections. Mm-hmm. And so you get this 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 tiny little slice of it where people are are walking away saying this was like really really terrifying and because it gets focused on you then have all these these individuals i think that are missing the connection they could have with their loved ones who have passed over They're, they're missing these opportunities because now they're thinking okay well this is just evil I'm, you know, I'm just, it's, it's all evil. It's all bad. You know, it's all demons or, you know, whatever they're saying. And now you've got, you've, you've got this dynamic where you've just got people that are, are missing out on, I, I think a, a part of who they are, which is, which is non-physical.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I know like you probably get the same emails I do from the production companies and it's never, okay, what case do you have that's interesting? It's always, what case do you have that that has a dark entity? Or something bad going on I'm, I'm going i don't do those. i, I don't get those you yeah. know i'm stuck with not, not that we've had haven't had dark entities but not every case is going to be a dark entity
1: yeah i i know i know i know what you mean and and it's 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 hard i think to convince a lot of them as well that you know this this stuff would do just as well if they promoted something positive um, like I know I've had that conversation with a number of producers over the years where I've said, you know, you guys would actually have a greater pool to pick from if you if you switch this around and started talking about cases that were inspirational, um, that had the same level of drama, that had the same level of of amazement, but were actually focused on the positive because oftentimes even the shows that that you know that I work for regularly, which I which have been great, um you know they're always going oh man we're having a really hard time finding cases i'm like well, because you're picking from the wrong end of the pool <laughs> like you yeah. just switch over you know and and a lot of the time what's interesting is that when you ask people you know have you had a paranormal experience what's fascinating is that they'll turn around and say no but if you say have you had an experience where you've seen a loved one they'll say yes and it's because they don't equate seeing a grandma who's passed away with yep. something paranormal. They're like, yeah, but it was just grandma. So even the, the phrasing now has become, I think uh, almost antiquated and and uh, boxed in as something that's, that's, you know, oh, I haven't had a terrible experience. So therefore I haven't had a paranormal experience. It's like, right. no, you probably have, but yeah, it's interesting.
0: Well, I know you've done shows and I know we've been up real close a couple of times too getting on to, to doing a show having our own show but i think I, I think the killer of the deal is that i'm refusing to bow down and go after the dark stuff you know I, I'm, not that i want it all positive and happy but i don't want to do a constant thing where i have to create evidence you know what i mean to, to make it look good for tv i'm not going to do that so that's why they eventually we come real close and then all of a sudden it's like sorry can't work with you that's it you know, yeah and i know I, that I, I know i'm going to stay like this because that's that's how i feel
1: yeah, no, I I agree and, and you know, I've, I I know the struggle. There's I, I can't even count the the ones that I've turned down myself where it's you know, and I mean I I've, I've been really lucky with the paranormal 911 and haunted hospitals and the reason one of the reasons why I I, I wanted to work with them was because I really like the fact that they're giving uh nurses and doctors and first responders a yes. voice yes. in in this because oftentimes they are completely uh shun for it yes. and you know it's it's like no if you talk out and you speak out about this then you know you're gonna, you might lose your job you might get yes. labeled as crazy yes. so it was exciting to me to to be a part of that because i was like okay now we're, we're we're doing something very meaningful and we're able to give these people a voice and and the the interviews you know when when they come in to do their interview the, it's like it just happened to them yesterday you know they're emotional they're it, it's it's amazing and um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of relief with a lot of them when they're realizing like they're not going to be criticized for this, you know, and they're risking a lot. So I, I've been really lucky with those shows, but it's you know, yeah, it's something that I've I've always been really conscious on. And like you, I've been offered I can't even count the amount of sort of ghost hunter type format shows, and and every single time I'm like, it's just it's it's just missing the mark. Like it's yep. it just keeps yep. missing the mark. So yeah, I'm uh, I've become very picky. <laughs>
0: Well, I could say my two favorite my out uh, of all the paranormal shows on Paranormal 911 and the Haunted Hospitals are my favorite because those people on those shows are trained, you know, the, the witnesses are trained observers.
1: Yeah. And they are they are not there there is no coaching going on either. No, um, no, like, uh, no, no coaching. And you know, and the, like the producers that, that I, I get to work with are absolutely phenomenal. And they're really they really focus on having being able to tell that person's story and letting them tell their story. You know, they don't pass them a script. They don't say, you know, just say this or just say that everything that's coming out of these, of these people is, is their genuine emotion and their true, their, their genuine feelings about it. So it's like, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a special project to be a part of. They, they, they really care about what's going on.
0: Absolutely. Now that we've had our say, <laughs> let's talk about Donated Organs. What have you found? I mean, in, in your research and in looking into this, what's going on with that?
1: Well, this, it's really interesting because there's been a number of, of, uh, of researchers that have have pondered this idea, and that when you know you you get a, a donated organ or something like that, that there is some sort of um, uh, like transfer of of memory, of thought, of personality, all of these things that seems to come through and what's really interesting about this is the fact that like my my mom actually had a a personal friend who had this happen she ended up uh having a double lung transplant and she when she came out of it she was a hundred percent different person um like completely 180 from what she used to be and it was it was just the strangest thing Um, but people report all sorts of things they report memories they report new talents um where you know they went under not being able to play a piano and they woke up being able to play a piano or you know having completely disliked uh one food and now they love that food or they're into sports all of a sudden and they hated sports before and each of these these uh traits what they discover later actually end up having to do with the person who passed away so there there's theories that are going around right now about this and very similar to theories of how things like psychometry work which is really interesting and very much tied in together um, where they're realizing now that biologically our memory cells are not just in our brain our memory cells are everywhere and one of the theories that that's coming around is that you can translate these or transfer these memory cells, not only through your body, but also into things you touch. And so th- it's a really, really interesting bit of research that's that's come to light over the years. Um, but they're wondering at this point, if that's how psychometry works as well, is that you've got people that are just really able to read these memory cells, and they can pick up, you know, they can pick up an object or something like that. And, you know, they can, they can tell by by picking up and sensing these memory cells, who last picked up this lip gloss, and get little bits and pieces about that person. Um, so they're 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 thinking that it has to do very much that it it has to do very much with the same phenomenon as the organs, where there's memory cells that are being registered and read, and that's what might be coming through. So I I not I find it really really interesting, but it's a uh, you know it's pretty new and it's uh, that and is it's,
0: interesting. I mean, yeah. Who would have figured that you know somebody's like let's say liver? I mean, because I mean I can understand maybe a heart transplant, maybe, but something like a liver or a lung that that so far know, out of the way in the body, you know, would, would, would do that.
1: Yeah, but yet we know, like we know that there's memory cells, for example, in the gut, like in the stomach. When um, you know when people turn around and say like they've got a gut feeling or something like that, we know now that there's a like, biological reason for it. Um, and so it's, it's, it's translating in, into, into all these different bits and pieces of our, ourselves. And I think it just, every time we turn around, there's, there's new discoveries that are, are coming out about just how advanced the human body really is. Um, and our ability to pick up and read, read those things, you know, and I always think about, I've, I've got a, a fellow who I work with, who's amazing at psychometry and can pick up objects and pick up dates and names and all this kind of thing and it was always interesting to me because there were times where if it was an object that say had been handled a lot or whatever he always had a harder time with it and it's which is in line with the memory cell theory which is the fact that you know if you've got you know 30 people handling an object it's gonna be a lot harder to pick up on you know these individual you know memory cells and interpret them so yeah it's i don't know very fascinating
0: I heard a story um somebody that had a um liver transplant woke up at the hospital was starting to write things left handed and they were never left handed yeah it's just so, yeah. Bizarre. The
1: whole thing it's so bizarre it's super weird it's like yeah. it's really really weird and but yet there's you know there's accounts of this all over the place and they're you know common uh, you have people are picking up on sometimes you know, very, very few things or sometimes it's a complete personality change and you know or people are just they wake up and it's just not the same person their loved ones are like you know who the hell is this <laughs> and, but it's yeah it seems to be something that's reported
0: you know it's, it, it's just and like I said earlier in the intro on this TV shows occasionally will do this and have this you know in there that people can feel stuff what do you think? I mean, when we talk about memory cells, you know, all over our bodies, I mean, that, that boggles my mind. Yeah. Honestly, that really boggles my mind to think that a liver or a lung could carry, or a kidney even, could carry a, a memory cell like that. And then as it is, not only that, transmit it to the brain so that the person, you know, functions like that. And yeah. That stuff, the cases you've looked at, well, tell me the cases you've looked at. You know, um, how current? Is, I mean, how 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 many cases end up that way? Do you think?
1: You know, I I don't, I don't even know. I mean, I've I, I'm not a expert in that specific right. area, so I I can't really say to numbers. Um, but I mean, you can you can definitely start to dig into it and and begin to look at at what this is. Um, like William Roll, Dr. William Roll, he did some work into it. There was a an article published. Uh, about the idea in the uh, advancements for parapsychological research 10th edition uh and it was really really fascinating and it was it was something that definitely stuck out to me so i i think i think we're just beginning to look into this in a, in a very real way um it wouldn't surprise me if in the next i would say like 5 to 10 years that you know we're starting to see a little bit more uh understanding in this because of just the advancements and understanding that you know we do we do make impressions on their environment in a way that we didn't realize before. But I think we, we kind of have to get our heads out of the idea that we have this this very finite body and that' it's, it's working in this very finite way. and and I think we're starting to get there with with the idea that the the brain is is just is a translator of consciousness rather than the generator of consciousness. And as that model starts to change with the help of things like quantum physics and things like that, you know, I think people are going to be able to to wrap their heads around this concept a little bit more that it's we are picking up on stuff that is so outside of our, 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 you know, our initial, what we think is our five senses, and it's, it's going to be something, yeah, there's going to be stuff come out of this that I, I think we're, we're just touching on.
0: Question in the chat room says, what about blood transfusions?
1: You know, I, I don't know about that. I've, I've never I've, I haven't read any studies on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know I don't know that's a, that's a really interesting question though.
0: Well, you know it's like you say when, when we think about traits and doing things left-handed, whatever, DNA comes up because that's the, that's the DNA that's running through our families. But to think about you know somebody so, you know, some memory cell or something coming off a lung that's gonna you know change that. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's really it's really wild, but yet you know we've got you know, document after document after document of people you know, having having these experiences or having you know dreams or nightmares or uh, you know suddenly becoming afraid of something that they weren't afraid of before, uh, you know that I mean that's it's it's learned behavior. That's not something that's that's coming down DNA wise. That's, you know a fear is 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 you know it's either it's either you know instinctual or it's learned and uh in my new book the gift of instinct i actually talk about that a little bit where you know you kind of you have these these two separate categories of fear where you've got the instinctual stuff where you know you know you know not to turn around and you know grab something that's really really hot like fire or something like that but then you've got this other side where you've got these these learned fears which is things that you've told yourself and you're responding to a story um that can be unlearned depending on on what it is And, uh, you know, so some of these and that's what makes some of these cases really interesting, you know, where if you've got, say, examples, for an example, somebody who, you know, disliked a a food and then starts liking that food all of a sudden, or, you know, you've got somebody who's, uh, you know, had a talent or didn't have a talent and all of a sudden has this amazing talent and it was the person before. Well, that's learned. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's another factor that makes this really weird.
0: Jerry says it's been said. I'm just gonna remember what Jerry says. It, it, if the nose on your face looks like your aunt's, then that's cell memory. Okay.
1: Interesting. Very I'll deal
0: cool. i will with that. But what you know, what what the, what's so fascinating about this is that, I mean, if I wonder if they could turn this into some kind of, you know how the government is. And it makes you wonder whether or not they can't turn this into into something. Other than what it is I mean like like you know you don't like you don't want people with predispositions for this okay so if somebody dies and let's say they're not a very nice person okay we're not going to give out those organs but with this guy we're you know we want him to be an artist we want him to be this so let's give this guy this organ
1: it's, a, it's an interesting idea you know and i i think we, i mean who knows we might we might start seeing more of that i, th- I think they would have um, uh, they would run into massive ethics problems. I don't know how they would get around the ethics problem with it. Um, Cause even nowadays, you know, you can't like legally engineer your kids. And so, I mean, I think, I think they, I think they would get end up, end up in some math of ethics problems with it. But I mean, you know what, like going at, at, in terms of the way the world's going right now, I don't know. I don't know. Um you know there because there there is a lot of potential for for understanding this and it does make you wonder like where like where is that going to go? Where are they going to take that to the you know to the next level once they once they discover what it is and can those certain cells be isolated? Right. You know, can you decide which of these cells are doing the job of you know talent or taste or whatever? Can you? Can you isolate it? I don't know.
0: Let's see. Okay, she says, "What about the victims?" Okay, here's Livy says, "What about the victims of organ harvesting and the trauma that goes with it?"
1: That's a, yeah, that's interesting. You know, I I don't know. I don't know if there's been any studies done on that or not. Um, I've not heard of any, but not to say that there isn't. It's not out there.
0: Absolutely. I was thinking of this book I read a long, long time ago, and it had to do with being able to go into so to. to so somebody would give it a gene sample when they were pregnant. Gene samples themselves, gene sample the baby. They were able to look at the the alcoholism gene or whatever was bad. And the idea behind all this was it was in the future, of course, that they were able to take those particular genes out. You know, and this sounds—I mean, this is close to what that is.
1: Well, it, it. it is idiot, isn't it isn't because, as I say, like I think. I think being able to isolate, isolate those, and I think there's, there's still really have, we really have a base understanding in terms of memory cells as well. Like, you know, it's not, it's not to the point, I don't think where, you know, we we've got like a, almost like a mapping of genome for, for, for memory cells or anything like that. Um, So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really gray area in terms of, you know, what could, what could be done with it um, you know, where they're, Going to go with it if they if they can possibly you know isolate this to the point where all of a sudden you've got something that can be changed around or manipulated or um, you know or influenced in in some way it would it would be interesting to see where that where that takes us.
0: I had heard on another show that the, that they were doing studies in that. You know they were. They it wouldn't surprise know. me at all. Like <laughs> it's just in the trial periods of looking at people's genes. And picking out the bad stuff you know so i mean that's crazy if they do that because we're going to have a bunch of race race of, of perfect people if
1: they do yeah. that well it's 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 yeah and there, there's so many ethics lines with it right like um, you know if 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 you're if you're doing that then at what point you know at, at what point is this even child abuse right like if you've got there's there's that line as well um so yeah it's it it would be really really intriguing i think for i I think right now in terms of at least the from what i've read and whatnot in terms of of the parapsychology and i think they you know they're what they're really fascinated with is that when we're interacting and we're know say for example like you know interacting with our environment or what you know whatever's going on that we're leaving these bits and pieces of ourselves you know even without that level of manipulation you know like without that level of cellular manipulation with this we're leaving bits and pieces of ourselves like on tables when we touch them or whatever and it's it's, it's a really interesting idea that we're leaving these imprints. And like just to go back to things like the Philip experiment and things like that, you know, here we are just like leaving imprint with thought alone. You know, we're we're projecting this thought and we're projecting these things, and then we're in you know, we're imprinting, you know, if if the cellular memory thing, when we're physically you know interacting with something is correct, we're leaving those imprints as well. So it's like here we have an environment where we're like imprinting on these various things and like I don't think people think about it that way you know we think that we're kind of just apart from the environment that we're in and that's just not true
0: well I was just thinking while you were talking to you know uh, drinking a glass of water all it would take is someone to grab that grab that glass after after you've directed it and let's say you have positive attributes that 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 somebody would be interested in and wouldn't even necessarily You know, if it gets that far, it wouldn't even necessarily have to be the government. Maybe somebody's having dinner in a restaurant and they know you to be, you know, very, very intelligent. You you graduated from Harvard or or whatever, you know. And so if you drink from that thing of water and they go over, steal the glass, preserve, you know, preserve your saliva and say, hey, look, I want to have this baby. Let's, you know, let's add this to this.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think I don't think they're. I don't necessarily think that it's, it's that simple. Like, I mean, I, I think with, at least with what I've, you know, what I've come to understand about it and whatnot is say, like, I am no expert in it at all, but um, what I've, what I've come to understand with it as I think there's, I think there's something about that integration. I think there's something about that integration when you're like, you know, getting that organ transplant or something like that, that integration with your physical body. I think that's, that seems to be a re- like one of the key factors here sure. with with what this what this is. So, I think to I think it's oversimplifying just to turn around and say like you know oh just take a you know a, right, a right. you know drink from a glass of water. I think there's I think there's something far more like physical going on with it um, that are our bodies somehow absorbing or accumulating it in and, and and whatever. But I mean, as I say, it's all speculation because I'm I'm no expert in so I don't, it, so it's
0: I don't like, know. It's like a it's like a virus. It's like cell cell mutation. Whatever cells are on that that organ are going to merge with the cells in your body.
1: Yeah, and the brain's they, translating it somehow, right? Yeah. Like and they
0: produce more and more and more. The next thing you know, you're left-handed when you were really right-handed. You know, that kind of stuff going on. But I uh, I could see that happening. I really can. You know, I, I've I've read some of those reports too, like you have, uh, of this happening to people, and it, it, it's it's cool in, in some cases. Yeah. You know. Oh release, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can wake up with a talent that you didn't know you had, like that's right, you know, you didn't have before, but now all of a sudden you've got this amazing talent. So like, yeah, I mean, there's an, it's, it's almost like getting struck by lightning in a way where it's like, you hear know, these people that get struck by lightning and all of a sudden they've got these weird abilities yeah. and it's like, you know, our, our bodies and stuff like that are so malleable when it comes to anything like this, that it's, I don't know, it's really, it's really quite interesting.
0: And what I find interesting now, now that they're growing stuff, you know, is that that, that that this is where this lines to for me is you got the you got your normal donors that pass away and now they're able to grow they're, they're getting to the point where they can actually grow grow these these things it makes you wonder if they're going to be able to you know insert cells on like i said insert cells on these things
1: to do that yeah yeah it's a it'd be really really interesting like if they if they reach the point where you know they realize that you can you know you could you can add a you know a, a certain talent and, and things like that. Like I know they've they've hit the point where they can uh, they're looking at uh, you know being able to make somebody more predisposition to be something, and whatever. But yeah, I, I think once they understand like the you know the reach of what cellular memory actually means, um, you know, and because as I say, I think right now we're just we're so in the infant stages of of what that looks like and and realizing that you know if 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 we are in fact kind of depositing like you know these these memory cells different places and how our brains are interpreting it and then you've got that factor on top of it which is you know Everybody's interpreting it seemingly differently like not everybody that gets an organ transplant for example is picking up on character traits like that's not that's not consistent either. So there's some sort of variable that's in there that's making this happen. Um, and the same thing with with psychic phenomenon and things like uh, psychometry, not everybody that picks up an item is, you know, able to read, you know, the item in terms of who picked it up. So there's a variable there that's not being understood either. Um, so for me, I think that would be, that would be the most interesting part about this is it's like, okay, well, what is that variable then? How, you know, how is it, for example, that, you know, somebody like my, you know, my colleague Matt can pick up, you know, a sword and tell you who was wielding it in the 1600s. But yet, I mean, I can pick up that same sword and I've got no idea. Like, I'm not reading any of that. Um, so I think there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors that are at play that I think we're just. We just don't know.
0: You know what? You know, another theory, too, is like when we talk about psychics. Everybody's born with the ability, as we get older, we lose it because we're busy doing other things. And then we get in a position, like, say, your friend Matt, right? And he gets into doing ghost hunting or whatever, and suddenly he's triggering on stuff because it's all coming out. So maybe these people that are having the, 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 these things happen to them, had this talent when they were young which nobody knew about and by getting these cells you know these new these new cells introduced it's it's bringing stuff back out
1: well it yeah it's hard to know because i mean like the when you when you look into the the history and researching or the research in that they know about psychics and mediums and things like that like there there doesn't seem it doesn't seem to be something that's that's necessarily pathological it doesn't seem to necessarily be passed down although a lot of people you know in one family are will often report saying okay well my grandmother was psychic and so am i um but it doesn't seem to be something that is necessarily passed down um that that's not been consistent um so it doesn't seem to really have any basis in that but they have decided and they have realized over the years that um there are certain character traits that will actually bring it out people who are for example more outgoing people who are um uh, you know less negative um people who are you know able to relax a lot better um and whatnot those people tend to have better results in, say for example like the gansfeld experiments or remote viewing experiments out of body experience tests things like that um and research and they've had more success with that so it seems to be something that is is more, more of a learned behavior. It's not necessarily something that you're going to inherit or um, that you're you're biologically uh, hardwired for. Um, there's there's certain things that you can do that will actually actually help it along. Um, and then there's of course like there's neurological components that are, are going into it that I think are 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 being studied by doctors like Dr. Alexander Moira Almeida in in South America. Um, he's been doing some amazing research with fMRIs and and mediums um, and his studies are, are quite incredible um, but you know I think I, I don't necessarily believe that it's something to do with anything cellular I, I think it's got to do either with something that's uh, you know both learned and something that's more uh, neurologically based.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, I was just thinking too while, while you were saying that is you know right now when people research donor uh, research received donor organs they don't know who the donor is but i'm just wondering if some of these people that get these traits are able to research back and find out you know who they got it from
1: Well, some have because, you know, or they've, you know, they've become friends with the family or something like that of the the loved one who's passed away. And that seems to be where some of this this is coming from, where, you know, they say, you know, okay, well, you know, this person just, you know, I got their heart or something like that. And then they're coming out with things or, you know, they're doing things that, the you know, the family is saying like, oh, my God, that was so and so, you know, that. That's, that's absolutely something that he used to love to do um, and, and stuff like that. So that seems to be where a lot of the time that, that this is coming from is like family members and whatnot that knew the person when they were alive.
0: See, it's just, it's absolutely fascinating to me. Well, you know, the, the whole subject. Libby, um, Libby says that uh, her grandmother, let me go back here earlier in the chat. She says, she says my best friend recently, me, my best friend Recently passed in February, and donated her beautiful eyes to a blind person who now sees. That's cool.
1: You that's know, be, that's lovely. Yeah.
0: I sure I sure wonder many things. So I mean, it makes you wonder. It really does. I mean, in fact, it's incredible technology to even be able to do that to insert you new know, eyeballs into somebody. You know, it's just, I mean, ugh, it boggles the mind.
1: Yeah, it it does. I, I you know it's it's so interesting because you know you get these, you get these amazing cases and and whatever. And I think that's part of what makes parapsychology so incredible is that it, it really is the leading edge of science, and that's what people miss out on. You know, to, just going back to the you know the TV shows and things like that. Um, that's that's really what people miss out on when it comes to this stuff is that it's not about running around in the dark with a camera it's like it's it's about stories like what we're talking about right now you know this is this is what people are about this is what consciousness is yeah at its at its core um and these amazing experiences that people are having where it's like you know hey we've we've got all these these incredible stories and i don't know they're just they're just getting missed i think by by a lot of the, you know, the the media hype and things like that that are going on, when it's like this is totally worth media hype, like this is right. cool, like you know,
0: cool. Oh, yes, yeah. so somebody should do a documentary on this. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like it's... I mean, it's it's fascinating, and and I think for the people, especially who who is who have experienced this firsthand, I mean, it's it's just a, it's really really wild.
0: I mean, this runs this runs along the line of past lives.
1: Uh, totally, totally, and you know, and it ties in with with that quite. I think, quite substantially, where you, you start looking at, you know, especially kids, for example, like Dr. Ian Stevenson, and he spent his a lot of his career looking at past lives, but specifically children. Right. And, he, you know, these kids that have had absolutely no contact whatsoever with these people who have passed away, and yet they absolutely 100%, you know, know where they live, they, you know, they remember the people around them, they remember, like, it's just absolutely wild. Um, so it's, to me, it's just, it's really phenomenal when you you start to delve into this stuff that, you know, we just goes to show like we are not just, you know, this finite meat suit that we think we are.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, if there's been any cases where a person has, like, for instance, in Libby's friend's case, gotten donated eyes, and then they recognize somebody, you know, just on the street and have tried to figure out who it is because they knew him
1: that would be really really interesting and 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 then you got to wonder like you know is it is it something you know is, is it something to do with the eyes or is it then something to do with the past life you know or how, where is the connection then
0: right. um,
1: because that it opens a whole a whole new door Is it's just like okay well you know if if you know you're recognizing this person you know is it because you've got you know you now have the memory of this person at some point is it because Like, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it opens up a whole Pandora's box.
0: It does, and it's, whoever cracks, whoever cracks this thing is going to be really famous because, I mean,
1: Nobel Prize stuff, stuff, I think. think. this (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
0: it's fascinating, it's absolutely fascinating to, to, you know, to think about. And, like, I mean, I could see it. I mean, when, when you get the organs, the organs are still alive. You know, they're still preserving those organs, so they're still pumping. And again, when your blood hits it, and your cells hit it, and they start combining with their cells, this is what happens. You know, like I said, it's like like a virus, you know, where it just expands, expands, expands. And that's why this, this starts to take over.
1: Yeah. I'm, it's going to be interesting to see in the next number of years, like where this, where we get to with, with this type of thing, because I think that the, you know, physicians and, and, you know, people of, of medical science who were once thinking, you know, this is, this is the body and that's it, and we kind of know all there all there is to know, and that's this sort of the end of it. Um, I think they're beginning to realize now that it's like, no, wait a minute, like there is there's something more that's going on that we haven't we haven't quite figured out, and 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 I think it's good for them to get thrown loops every once in a while, so that it's like you know you're no you you really don't know, like we really have so much more to understand, um, and I think the more parapsychology lends to the idea that you know we are as i say we're not just meat suits walking around like there's something else going on here um you know there our brains are are uh you know translating more than just neurons uh, that are firing there's, there's something else happening um and there's been a lot of research with things like the, the pineal gland and things like that that people are, are beginning to wonder if that's playing into translating consciousness and all sorts of things um but, I mean, now as we're starting to to expand our, our definition of the, the mind and the brain outside of the physical brain, uh, I, I think a lot of these questions are going to start to get answered.
0: Well, like, let me just said, you know, people are still alive when they take the organs. Yeah. And move them, you know. Then I was thinking, as you were saying that, you know, it's taken a long time for uh, physicians to uh, accept NDE's even
1: yeah and it's but it's coming um and what's what's neat to to about about things like near-death experiences um you know you, you've got organizations like the monroe institute for instance that are, are fully into this understanding and research from places like the institute of noetic sciences um, and some of the major universities like northampton um princeton um, universities like that that are, are really taking it seriously and, and conducting these experiments um, uh Yale just came out with a program called cope and they they've been been looking at it um, over the last couple of years and and I, I think people are beginning to understand that it's like no this is this is not you know somebody's flights of fancy or you know oh they would like this to be true and you know it's it's just a pretty story and it's like no, there's something is going on. And I think they're beginning to realize that now. I, one of the I think one of the uh, the uh, key, players that that really pushed this into the forefront was uh, Dr. Eben Alexander, who wrote uh, Proof of Heaven. And he was a a neurologist. And he ended up with a a very strange case of of meningitis. And I I wrote about him in The Gift of Instinct, um, where he had this very rare case of meningitis and he he essentially died. He ended up in this coma. And uh, he had this incredible experience where he encountered what he later discovered to be his sister who was, he had never met. His sister had passed away a long time ago and he had never met her. And he came back with all of this incredible information and these stories uh, that he experienced. And of of course, all his critics came forward and said, oh, you were on medication and, you know, your brain was traumatized. Oh, that's what happened to you and so on and so forth. Um, but nobody could explain the fact that he'd seen his sister, and uh-huh. and that he who he had never met, who he recognized in, uh, immediately, and he had this incredible story to tell, and he wrote a book about it. And of course, here's a guy; he's a neurologist. Like this is not somebody who was a layman that's you know just wishful thinking. This is somebody who is critically thinking through his experience, and he's going, "This happened," um, and it's it's absolutely fascinating story um and something that i think he was uh like it, i mean it, it just touched him for the, he's been speaking on this now and speak for speaking engagements and ted talks and stuff like that for for a long time but it's like here you've got people who are having these experiences that are not just you know oh they're a religious zealot or they're you know whatever it's like no these are just scientists that are going like this is something else
0: hmm you know that that's like that story of that, that that little boy that they made the movie out of. He
1: had a dead I think it was a dead brother that he didn't even know about. Yeah, and that's and that happens frequently where people are you know they're they're meeting these individuals on the other side. Um, Robert Monroe, who founded the Monroe Institute, um, he, when he started experimenting with sound technology and because he was a he was an audio engineer. And uh, when he started experiencing with sound technology and inducing out-of-body experiences, one of the things he did, he had two friends pass away. And he induced one of his out-of-body experiences and actually ended up meeting one of the friends while he was in this out-of-body experience. And it was, it was really, really fascinating for him. And it, push, it pushed him to build the Monroe Institute. And he later uh, helped to train the CIA in remote viewing and out-of-body experiences um, in terms of uh, 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 training them for their program. their One of their espionage programs it was called the Gateway Project. And, um, it was, it, it, was, it was impactful enough that it really, really got people's attention. And one of the remote viewers that, that worked there, um, uh, uh, Robert McGonigal, um, he turned around and ended up working for the Monroe Institute and is still working for the Monroe Institute. Um, but it's, yeah, it, I mean, this, the, the programs and the, you know, the studies and whatnot, it's, it's no joke. It's being studied by, by real people.
0: See in summary, you know, like I said before, there's gonna be answers coming. They're forthcoming. Yeah. It's just slow well, for the scientists to get on board to look at this stuff.
1: Well, and the you know, and the damn thing is, you know, they, they are on board. And I think what's 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 happening though is that you've got people who, you know, they are on board, they are taking it seriously and, and whatnot. And then you've got this like this slice of of people who are militant about the fact that it's not happening. Um, and I think that's where some of this gets really lost. Is is that you know the the real scientists, the, the people who are you know considered, you know the legit scientists in the labs and and universities like Princeton and Yale and Oxford and all these Northampton and and whatnot. They are involved. They are doing the research. They are involved. They're publishing papers constantly. There's thousands of papers. You go to academia.edu and I mean there are thousands of papers out there that are are on this subject that are published they are peer-reviewed papers and you know and then you've got this fine line of these skeptics that are saying you know oh no no that's not happening that doesn't exist we're past that we're yep. past that we know it exists we know it's happening and you know now it's not a matter of what of, of you know if it's happening it's why why right. is this going on what's right. causing it so i mean i think the the skeptics and whatnot you know that are back going like oh this doesn't exist catch up like you know we're past this already let's start asking the questions that are going to matter you know the, the skeptics
0: <laughs> you know i always thought of it this way we have the mark twain riverboat here in sacramento and there's the skeptics that if Mark Twain appeared to them in, th- in three-dimensional form, but he still looked like a ghost. and he shook their head and introduced himself, and slapped him across the face. They would still think there was something more to it.
1: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And you know uh, what I've what I've found over the over the years of of doing this, because um, I get I get questions about that a lot. It's like, well, what do you you know What do you say to the the you know the skeptics and and whatnot? And I mean, honestly, it, it kind of comes down to a couple of things. Is that there is enough evidence out there? There's enough peer-reviewed papers. There's enough it, there is enough out there that would blow most people's minds away. And you know, even uh, uh, Jessica Utz, the president of the Statistical Association, the American Statistical Association. Um, she had come out a number of years back and said that literally the the level of testing that goes into something like Advil is so much less it, than it goes into the study of Psy that if Advil was put up against a tests that were as rigorous as the Psy studies, it would fail. And yet everybody will take it for a headache. Everybody will pick up an Advil and take it and know it works um, where You know for some reason you can put all these papers together and you still get these people that are like it doesn't work but i think and i think what it is and i've I've thought about this long and hard over the years is like what makes it what makes this so difficult for people and i think it's because the paranormal and and non-physical causes us to challenge a, a, a paradigm of the world around us and it screws up people who have defined their physical world as physical and it's like if you've got somebody who is you know has finally sort of gotten control of their world by describing it and and viewing it as something completely physical then by turning around and saying okay now we're going to introduce this new factor it's like you you're not asking them to, to look at evidence. You're asking them to completely alter how they're how they're able to cope with what they're seeing. And I, I think that's where it gets lost. So immediately you just get, Well, that's crap or that's stupid or that doesn't make sense or whatever when it's like, No, there's there's plenty of evidence to to say otherwise.
0: Absolutely. Morgan, this has been fun.
1: Absolutely it has. <laughs>
0: hour i'd love to get you back on again i could talk to you for hours
1: sounds great to me
0: (laughs) you know i'll be sure to look i'll be sure to look out for you on my my two favorite shows oh thank you you know what's next for you
1: oh gosh you know i've uh, well i'm always always doing my podcast supernatural circumstances that's running any platform you want to download it on, it's there. Um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. So supernatural circumstances with myself and my co-host Mike Brown uh, from Dark Poutine. And um we have got, of course, my, my new book that just came out, The Gift of Instinct, Paranormal Lessons for an Extraordinary World, um, is really about, it's about empowerment. It's about finding your life's purpose. It's about understanding exactly what we've been talking about tonight. There's a non-physical connection in everything we do. And that non-physical connection is there. It is available to us and it will draw us forward in instinct and, and pull us forward to, to what we really want in life. And the book is divided up into 10 lessons. And each lesson talks about people like Robert Monroe, J.B. Ryan, Eileen Garrett, all of these, these names in parapsychology who, went through hell and what pulled pulled them through was was their ability to tune into non-physical and we all have that so that's what the gift of instinct is about um, so there's there's that and uh, i'm hoping to bring more of my live shows and whatnot to to the world uh in the next number of months um because that's what I, I love to do the most is is teach do live presentations um and then season four of haunted hospitals shall will be out this year as well so
0: That'd that'll be happen. something people can look forward to we have a lot in common, you and I. I think so too. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I'm i turning down paranormal shows that don't want to show that stuff. So, therefore, my answer is, I'm making my own documentaries. Smart. So <laughs> I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be told, okay, act like act like you're scared of something in the corner. It's not going to happen in my life. Yeah. So, we have a lot in common. Absolutely. So I love you want to get at some point? Oh my god, this was great.
1: This was absolutely great. I'm so glad you asked, and we'll definitely do it again. All right. How do people find you? People can find me on EntitySeeker.ca. So it's not plural. EntitySeeker.ca website has everything. You can get the books. You can watch all my videos. Spiritual healthcare is on there. All my classes. Um, you can uh, uh, the link to the podcast is there. It, it is really is a one stop shop. And you can follow me on on Facebook. Um, just Google EntitySeeker, you'll find it, or my name, you'll find it, um, and whatnot. And on Twitter, Instagram, all the usual stuff and uh yeah but EntitySeeker.ca get links to absolutely all of that so
0: sounds good all right well you have a great evening okay
1: you too see you bye Thank Thank you everyone much.
0: all right let's get you there you go button i got to find the buttons okay all right that was a great show uh i like morgan a lot she and i our groups operate similar i can honestly say that our two paranormal groups operate similarly and it's taken years to get to the point that we can operate like, like that anyway tomorrow Janet Lindgren is going to be on. She's 85 years young. She's a psychologist. And she deals with dreams. So she's going to be on to talk about dreams. And if you have any dreams that you would like to talk to her about or, or let her know about, she will be here and she'll, she can talk to you about them. So she's going to be joining us tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Okay? We're going to be here our usual time. But anyway, I want to thank you all for coming. If you are watching from YouTube, please subscribe. Uh, again, there's that... Little ghost down in the bottom right-hand corner with the magnifying glass and the Sherlock Holmes hat on. That's our little uh, YouTube mascot. Please subscribe to that. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated my show, share it with five of your enemies. We are equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. If you want to check out the California Haunts Paranormal Team, check us out at CaliforniaHaunts.org. Or you can come to CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. To check out all our shows, because there's always a link over there to get into our YouTube page, which has all of our shows. Plus, there's also a link to our Blog Talk shows, because before we did this, for the last two years, we were on Blog Talk for around almost 10 years, doing the show. So you can, you can check those out as well. Uh, you see the ticker down at the bottom. That's because our team um, doesn't take any money to investigate. So everything that we do comes out of my pocket, as I'm the owner, as technically I'm the owner of the team. The equipment, the computer for this, the mics, everything. So if something breaks, it comes out of my pocket. If you can find it in your heart to help keep us on the air so we can keep doing this, more guests, you know, like Morgan, that would be great. You can do that at PayPal.me at California Haunts. Or if you're uncomfortable with PayPal, Venmo, and then type in California Haunts. But I want to thank you all for coming tonight. And I'm going to show, once again show you Morgan's information. Thank you, Libby. And I want to thank the people in the chat room tonight. Let's do that. Libby was in the chat room. Jerry was in the chat room. Nancy was in the chat room. Marisa was in the chat room. And Jen was in the chat room tonight. So uh, thank you all for coming and being in the, being involved in the chat. I really appreciate it. So I'm going to show you Morgan's uh, contact information and in her books. And then I'm going to get the hell out of here. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay, website, that's EntitySeeker.ca. Hit the mic, see? That's the kind of hat I'm having. Okay, Teaching the Living is one of the books, and The Gift of Instinct is the other book. And you can get to those at Amazon, or you can go to Morgan's website and get them there. Okay, well, I'm going to get out of here. It's hot, and uh, you can hear the air conditioner in the background. It is just hot. And uh, remember, we we also have a TikTok. So if you're ever on TikTok, come join us over on TikTok. It's under California Haunts. Anyway, I will see you tomorrow. Have a good evening.